It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Thursday, May 20th, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, and a little bit of an odds and ends type show here. Uh, we're, we're in the doldrums, right? The, the Dolphins themselves are at OTAs right now. We got a chance to get a sneak peek at some of that earlier in the week. The Dolphins dropping some B-roll footage. Uh, Travis Wingfield providing some snapshots and video uh, so a good luck kind of look look behind the curtain at what the Dolphins have going on these days. Really exciting to see so many of the players in attendance. Uh, but there are a couple different talking points that, that are relevant this week uh, that we didn't get a chance to tackle earlier in the week, including Brian Flores. If you need a hype man for your wedding or a big event, I would strongly endorse Coach Flores. <laughs> get some consideration. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But the big thing I want to talk about today is a couple of the June 1st, post-June 1st cut candidates that are still out there and exploring if any of these players were to make sense for the Miami Dolphins. And alternatively, if the Dolphins themselves are still in a position to make any June 1st cuts. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So Brian Flores went to the Florida Panthers hockey game on, what was it, Tuesday night? (laughs) And um, I'd already pre-recorded Wednesday's show by the time this stuff started hitting the timeline with Coach Flo doing the pre-game video promo hype up and uh, seeing how animated he got for that. And then lo and behold... They put him up on the Jumbotron during the game, and Coach Flo's like grabbing a rally towel and getting the Panthers fans all whipped up at BBT Arena. And it was really cool to see Coach Flo in a different environment other than the two places we most typically see him, which is at the podium or at his computer for press availabilities, in which he is super even-keeled. He's very calculated in those environments, uh, even if he, even when he is candid. And then on the sidelines of games, in which he's much more of a stern, stoic kind of presence, uh, commandeering the ship. So to see him kind of let loose a little bit was really fun. Uh, Of course, it didn't help the Florida Panthers. They did lose 3-1 in Game 2 of their first-round matchup of the NHL playoffs against the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are the reigning Stanley Cup champions. But this is not an NHL podcast. I simply wanted it to bring it to your attention that if you need a hype man, Don't dismiss Coach Flo just because of what you see when you watch the videos of him on the press conferences. He was digging it, and it was really cool to see him in that environment. 
Something else that is front of mind based on kind of what went viral this week for for Miami Dolphins fans was uh, the latest video of Tua Tagovailoa in his training regimen, which featured him doing some figure eight footwork drills, uh, throwing a pass, rolling out to his right, and a lot of Dolphins fans seem to to gravitate and have their attention grabbed by this video because A, Tua looks bigger, which you knew based on the Instagram photos and the things that got posted on social. Tua's been busting his ass, for lack of better phrasing, as far as getting bigger, faster, stronger. He's been doing that. Uh, and then seeing him with the throwing sessions to his receivers and then seeing him in action as far as something very specific to his footwork, which was one of the more pristine things about him as a college prospect. And that's that's kind of what I, where I want to take this conversation. Is you think about two at Alabama, and you knew he didn't have prototypical size. Uh, you knew he was a winner. You knew he had a winning pedigree. You knew he was deadly accurate. You knew his feet were lightning quick, and it was one of the best things about him. And you think about a lot of the shorter-statured quarterbacks in that enter into the NFL – and they have to be able to navigate the chaos of a tightly contested pocket and reset their feet and be able to throw in order to throw with accuracy. I think back to when the year that Baker Mayfield became the number one overall pick coming out of Oklahoma. One of the best things about Baker that season was for all the extended play type stuff that he did, and you saw some flashes of that with Tua uh at Alabama and also against the Arizona Cardinals. The, of course, the handful of plays in which uh, he just pulled rabbits out of his hat, right? But it's the, the quickness of the feet. And while Tua scrambled on a key third down and then scrambled uh, to get up the middle and set the Dolphins up inside the red zone or the green zone or whatever you want to call it inside the opposing 20-yard line in that game against the Cardinals before throwing the eventual game-winning touchdown pass to Mac Collins, Baker Mayfield, a lot of times in Oklahoma, was really good at, he'd get off his spot, he'd get off his platform, but he'd always snap his feet back into that prototypical alignment and posture and base. And he got away from it at Cleveland, uh, trying to do too much and, and playing too loose. And Tua Tagovailoa, I think, and Travis Wingfield, a former host of this show, posted a great clip of Tua throwing a speed-out anticipation throw to Jakeem Grant against the Chargers out of an RPO in which he turns his back to the side in which he's got to get open to to make the throw and hinges and opens his hips 180 degrees to open himself up and on time throw that ball on a rope on a strike to Jakeem Grant. Footwork and accuracy has always been a staple of what made Tua Tungvalo a high-level prospect coming out of Alabama. You saw the flashes of it in 2020. And that drill, applying that into what Tua does well, you should be excited to see a bigger, faster, stronger of Tua implementing that on the field. Now, of course, there's also the -the in-between-the-ears maturation for Tua that needs to take place, and there's no Instagram posts or Twitter videos or anything like that that's going to show you that kind of growth But the Dolphins brass, including Brian Flores, has mentioned on a number of times that they believe Tua Tungvaloa is putting in the work necessary in all phases of his game to develop to the degree in which he needs to for the Dolphins' investment to Tua 
to come to light and him to live up to his potential. So just thought that was something worth mentioning as I'm watching Tua in this drill. And I say, man, like, this is, this is what he does best. This is where he's at his best. And that drill uh, that was posted on social was just a really healthy reminder of when Tua is completely healthy, when Tua is full capacity and ultimate strength. And even, you know, I went down and watched him play at in Alabama against LSU in 2019 in the showdown with Joe Burrow. And even in that game, with the ankle injury that he had, he of course had the tightrope procedure on his ankle and came back for that game. Even in that game, I still admired his footwork and his drops within the pocket and things were chaotic around him and he didn't have the same spring and bounce out of his, you know, when he needed to drive off his foot. But the precision of the footwork was still there. And I still think, despite the hip injury in 2020, you saw that footwork really flash a lot of times with Tua. So now we should be expecting that to continue to take hold and be one of the staples of his game and really enhance his accuracy. And hopefully we can get a little bit more lower body torque and power on the ball because he's back to full capacity. Hopefully he's trusting the hip more and we can get a little bit more arm velocity to push the ball into tight window areas when he needs to. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're looking for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything you need delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at rockauto.com from both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic ball cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Before we get into some candidates for post-June 1st cuts for the Dolphins and elsewhere, how many families across America can flex as hard as the Greer family right now? Chris Greer, general manager of the Miami Dolphins, Since 2016, but total control of the direction of the Dolphins franchise since 2019. His brother, Mike, was just named the New York Rangers 
hockey operations advisor. So the Greer family now has two brothers in high-level executive positions in two of the major sports leagues across the country. That is quite the achievement and quite the oddity, and perhaps someday will be the answer to a trivia question. So while, again, this is not a hockey podcast, I did want to just tip the cap to the Greer family and Chris and Mike and all their hard work and uh, the fact that they, they can sit back and say, yo, we got two guys, one atops the food chain for an NFL franchise, and the other one's a high-level executive for an NHL franchise. A cool oddity indeed, and certainly overshadows anything that, that me and my siblings can hang our hats on and say that we've achieved <laughs> thus far. Uh, but we're still young, so watch out, Greer family. We may end up gunning for you after all. So let's get into this post-June 1st cut thing, uh, because I think it's important to identify some players who could be candidates for uh, the Dolphins to pursue. Uh, as far as the biggest names, we've seen some avoidance from teams. Uh, you, you think about David Johnson, the running back out of Houston, and Preston Smith, the pass rusher in Green Bay. These were candidates to get cut post-June 1st. Uh, but they restructured their contracts, which means uh, they've altered their financial implication against the salary cap and made it more friendly for them to remain on their teams. Had that traction not taken place, then yeah, the, the, these would have been players that you know we would have potentially seen soft-circled for Miami and asked questions about, and David Johnson plays a position of need, and, and Preston Smith, I think, is a great stylistic fit for what the Dolphins do. But those guys are off the table. So too off the table is names like Trey Turner, Geno Atkins, and Quan Alexander because they were cut pre-June 1st. Now, ironically enough, all of those players are still on the table to be added uh, because they're all still free agents, uh, which there's a significant heap of established veteran players who have yet to find a home. And Miami, depending on what they're comfortable with and what not, could make a viable push for any number of players. And that's something we'll get into here uh, as a part of this conversation, but as far as being post-June 1st cuts, it's off the table because they've already been cut. So let's get into some of the mechanics here of, of players who are left on their teams who have been identified as potential cut candidates, starting first and foremost with a player who had Miami not brought in a veteran player at as an older player uh, would be interesting. It is defensive lineman Brandon Williams of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he was identified in a piece courtesy of Bleacher Report, which I'm going to be referencing for some of the big names here uh, yet to be moved upon if they're going to cut him. Uh, Williams is 32 years old, uh, owed the team's third highest cap hit of nearly $13 million, um, played in 13 games this past year, and is stylistically the kind of gap control presence that the Dolphins would make very good use of. But at 32 years old, Miami bringing in John Jenkins already, and the expected price point, maybe they'll surprise themselves with Brandon Williams because of the reduced cap and the oversaturation of the free agent market. If Brandon Williams is cut, which I don't think the Ravens can justify keeping him on the books for what they're paying him right now, either you restructure him, you trade him, or you cut him. He is somebody who would make sense in a rotational role 
for the Miami Dolphins. The question is, is there a seat at the table? And I'm not sure the answer is yes, unless John Jenkins, who they already brought back, uh, is compromised with his role as well. I would like to be abundantly clear that Jimmy Graham, whilst he is a cut candidate for the Chicago Bears, plays the position that the Dolphins seem to be hoarding nearly as much as anything else other than tight ends and or wide receivers and, and cornerbacks on this roster. No, Jimmy Graham is not a fit for the Dolphins, but he is one of the premier cut candidates left remaining as a household name, and his cap hit this upcoming year is $10 million. So he may get cut. Don't expect the Dolphins to make a move. I would not endorse the Dolphins to make a move, but it's worth mentioning because I'm going down this list. Landon Collins, safety, Washington football team. Interestingly enough, the Washington football team brought in Bobby McCain. Now, Landon Collins is much more of a strong safety slash linebacker type. Miami could perhaps have value for that kind of role, but it seems as though they like Brandon Jones, and Javon Holland is capable of playing that role to a certain degree, and Eric Rowe is more of a true song, strong safety that gets into run fits, which he did okay, and he wasn't great in this past year, and he spoke at the beginning of last season about how that was the biggest challenge for him in prepping for the 2020 season, but has a lot of value in covering tight ends. Landon Collins has nowhere near the coverage appeal of Eric Rowe, and uh is probably, even if he takes a small-term deal in 2021, I think he's a little bit more one-dimensional, and the Dolphins already have a young guy in Brandon Jones who's proved his football IQ that they like. They invested a third-round pick in and would not be surprised if they hold firm, even if Landon Collins ends up being cut because of the presence of Bobby McCain and last year's late-round draft selection in Cameron Curl, who played really well when Collins missed some time. This last one on this article from Bleacher Report is interesting. Uh, it's linebacker Jalen Smith from the Dallas Cowboys. Miami uh, perceived as though they needed some help in the linebacker room in 2021, and they bring in Duke Riley in free agency and uh, trade for Bernardrick McKinney, but they didn't draft anybody. And Jalen Smith... Uh, once upon a time, was a stalwart three-down linebacker at Notre Dame. He, of course, shredded his knee in the bowl game, had some nerve damage, was questionable whether he would play again. They talked a lot about a foot drop, which means that nerve wasn't firing 100%. He works his way back onto the field and ends up getting a, a big-time contract extension by the Dallas Cowboys that almost as soon as they signed it, they've regretted paying. The extent of that contract... Uh, which Dallas gave Jalen Smith, was a six-year extension worth $68.4 million in August of 2019. Yikes. Uh, Smith has a $9.8 million cap hit this upcoming season, and if you trade him or cut him post-June 1st, they could save over $7.2 million against the cap. Dan Quinn, new defensive coordinator coming in there, plays a ton of cover three coverage. Those linebackers in the middle of the field need to be able to have value, not necessarily something that Jalen Smith's known for. So I think this is a realistic cut candidate. The question for the Dolphins is, does he fit what you do? Jalen Smith, I think, has some value in an Eland and Roberts type role, but it's not really where Miami's 
needs in the linebacker room seem to overlap. And then you get into the interesting debate of, well, we have all these defensive backs. They're going to be in sub package. Uh, so maybe they might not need him to play in coverage. I still don't think this is a fit that would make the most sense out of the teams that could possibly sign Jalen Smith. I still doubt that the Dolphins would move on that one uh, if it's available to them to make. But it's the one out of this list of Jalen Smith and Landon Collins and Brandon Williams that raises my eyebrows the most as far as somebody who could potentially play valuable snaps for the Dolphins. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and UFC. Before the next pitch, you can head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information available to you. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to championship glory. We got baseball, the long haul, uh, the season's just underway, but you've got NHL and NBA in playoffs right now. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And naturally, it wouldn't be an episode of Locked On Dolphins if I didn't remind you that Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar on the face of the planet. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I'm talking 100% chocolate, low in calories, high in protein, low in sugar, high in fiber. Whether you're looking for something that's keto-friendly, something to grab and go to start your day, something for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, you want a delicious snack, you want dessert, you want something post-workout, you name it. Built Bar can be it. You can visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and save 15% on your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. So swing over to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, save 15%, and you can thank me later. So who may still be on the chopping block for the Miami Dolphins? Because the Dolphins are listed according to over the cap at 18th in cap space as things currently stand, credited with $8.853 million in cap space. Uh, That figure of 18th in the league, uh, they are within a $1 million swing of jumping three teams and jumping into the, the 15th spot. But this is not the same Dolphins team that two years ago was sitting out on a mountain of money. Now, the good news is when you project to 2022, the Dolphins are projected to have top five cap space available to them as things currently stand. There is long-term flexibility. That's the good news. But what's going to be pressing for the Dolphins as they get the rest of their draft class under contract and so on, they're still going to sign Jalen Phillips as an example. They still have to sign Javon Holland. These are notable contracts yet to be signed. The reminder is that the salary cap that you don't use in any given year, you have the liberty to roll over into the next year's cap and use that excess as additional spending space. So it's not like if you don't use it, you lose it. You get to bankroll it and roll it over from year to year. So for the Dolphins, it makes all the sense in the world to trim some fat, get some players off the roster, 
And with a post-June 1st designation, while the amount of guaranteed money they're going to be on the hook for is still the same, you can divide it between multiple seasons. And, and you get the added bonus of, hey, instead of paying for it all up front and losing that rollover carryover, we can then carry over the additional save space and help make the difference and, and break even for what we would be taking the hit for for deferring into future years. But the, all of the appeal for post-June 1st is you're talking about reduced cap penalties anyway. So there's a few players that, you know, if you're just sorting the Dolphins by most available cap space that they could save in a post-June 1st cut, the top names are players that are not going to be cuttable because they're projected to be significant starters and contributors and impact players for the Dolphins and Manuel Agba. Uh, he's due $7.5 million this year. He's got a $25,000 workout bonus. They could cut him post June 1st and save all $7.5 million. They're obviously not going to do that. Emmanuel Agba was their best pass rusher last year. He had nearly 10 sacks on the season. He's entering into a contract year in which he's going to be motivated to play really well, and he's a valuable piece of the puzzle. He fits everything they want to do. He's not a cut candidate. I'm just observing that his entire contract is savable post June 1st. Same could be said for Bernardrick McKinney uh, because of the way he was required via, acquired via trade. Uh, the Texans are paying the guarantees that were remaining in his contract at this point. Bernardrick McKinney will not be cut. But you look at some of the candidates who could still be cut, players who still make sense for the Dolphins to entertain mooning, moving on from. The first most obvious candidate on this list is Jakeem Grant, wide receiver. Uh, his dead cap post-June 1st, $600,000. The Dolphins' savings exceed $4 million. That $4 million in rollover is valuable cap space if you're not planning on using Jakeem Grant as your designated return man because you drafted Javon Holland, Jalen Waddell, guys who have returning experience, plus Noah Igbenogany, who was a first-round pick last year, had returning experience at Auburn. And then you have all these wide receivers, including Jalen Waddell and Robert Foster, to take his offensive snaps. If Jakeem Grant's not going to play, and Jakeem Grant's going to be 8-plus on the pecking order, cut him. Uh, the space that you will save is valuable for a rollover perspective. Another name that has value to the Dolphins, and he will have value to the Dolphins, but he's not projected to be a starter. And his value stands in his versatility, not in his quality of play, is Jesse Davis. Jesse Davis, uh, post-June 1st, you're looking at a dead cap hit of $1 million with $3.6 million in savings against the 2021 cap. So you have two non-starters in Jakeem Grant and Jesse Davis. You could cut them both and save over $7.5 million and be on the hook for one6 in dead cap. In the grand scheme of things, with the dead money the Dolphins already have on the books, it's nowhere near as bad as it used to be. The Dolphins have approximately $17 million in dead cap against the books right now. That is good for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 10th, 10th highest in the NFL. 
But the highest names on this list, the Detroit Lions, $42.5 million in dead money. The Carolina Panthers, $40 million in dead money. The Philadelphia Eagles, $38.5 million in dead money. The LA Rams, $39.3 million in dead money. The New Orleans Saints, $22.5. The Jets, $21. Most of those top five, significantly greater amounts of dead cap money. And you think about what the Dolphins' dead cap money has looked like in years past. 17 is an easily digestible number when you take into consideration some of the L's that the Dolphins took along the way, most notably Eric Flowers. But that money, as far as I'm concerned, and losing that against the cap, is worth spending because it's going to make your offensive line better, and it's a better alternative than keeping the player on the team and feeling obligated to play him because of what he's due against the cap and what you're paying him because you fully guaranteed that money just for financial purposes. You have the flexibility to take the L on the money, take the L on the money. It's exactly what the Dolphins are doing. Uh, And you can save all of the space that you're getting docked for Eric Flowers by parting ways with Jesse Davis and Jakeem Graham by themselves. The next uh, significant cap cut candidate, Clayton Fejdlum, safety. You could save $2.5 million, no dead cap, by cutting him post-June 1st. I believe that's still exactly the same as what it would be if you cut him pre-June 1st. But the Dolphins and their safeties in bringing in Javon Holland, having the defensive back depth that they have, that feels like a no-brainer. So, I mean, you're, you're talking $10 million in savings by losing Fejdalem, Jesse Davis, and Jakeem Grant off the roster. And diminishing your dead cap hit in the case of Grant and Jesse Davis. There are, of course, other options you could take and pursue. Uh, Albert Wilson, you could save almost $3 million, but you take on a $2.3 million dead cap hit. The way they've held on to Albert Wilson and you you look at the other dynamics of the other receivers in the room, it really feels like Albert Wilson's got a chance to stick. You know, and if you would have asked me at the beginning of the offseason, I would have said, yeah, he's a no-brainer to cut. But the fact that they've kind of held on to these guys this far, and and maybe they want to see what he looks like in camp, and maybe he is a guy who is on the chopping block. I definitely think there's a numbers game problem at wide receiver that the Dolphins are going to have to make some difficult decisions with. But what a great problem to have when you consider what the room looked like last year, right? Some post-June 1st cuts coming. Inevitably, the Dolphins will be monitoring those transactions, looking for the right players to pluck up. And uh, we'll, we'll know soon enough because today is May 20th, which means June 1st is right around the corner. And those June 1st cuts will probably come fast and furious. We have one more show this week to look forward to, and it will come at you fast and furious starting at midnight tonight. So make sure you hit subscribe. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. As always, I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to listen to Locked on Dolphins. Fins up. Have a great day. Hope to talk to you guys again tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.